Have you ever been to a vineyard before? I never had, but not long after I arrived here in Covington, I was invited out to a vineyard by some people here at church. And we had a pretty great day. We got to enjoy each other's company in the outdoors, walking through the gardens, and we even got to enjoy some of the fruit from their plants. Now, that was many, many months ago, but I still remember the day pretty well. But I will say, until very recently, as I was reading through John 15 again, I just started to think about how wonderful and amazing these vines really are. The vine provides nutrients for the rest of the branches. The vine can grow upward towards sunlight, giving the, the branches what they need, and then they stay up high off the ground so that all sorts of critters that would like to eat those leaves and that fruit can't get to them. The vine is pretty necessary for the overall health and well-being and production of the branches in that vine. So I think this picture that Jesus uses here today in our gospel really makes sense. Vine and branches. Jesus' disciples. There's a, a connection there that the disciples really can't do without. And now today, we're going to see how keeping connected to the vine is necessary for the life of Jesus' disciples and is also a prerequisite for any fruit production. Now our text here, John 15, it's right in the middle of this long sermon that Jesus had been preaching. And it's full of, of comforting and encouraging words that the disciples really needed to hear at that moment. You see, the disciples, they've, they've been on this roller coaster ride of emotions. They just celebrated Passover. They received the first ever Lord's Supper. I mean, that is some awesome stuff. But at that same meal, while they're celebrating all of that, Jesus also breaks some pretty tough news. He tells them, Judas, one of our, our friends, one of the twelve, he's going to hand me over to the authorities. And even Peter, the leader of the pack, even he was going to deny knowing his Savior. And just think, too, about all of the things that these 12 are going to witness in just a few hours here. The authorities are going to come and arrest Jesus, and then he's going to stand trial, he's going to be tortured, and he's going to be killed. So the disciples needed some comfort. They needed some encouragement. And that's what Jesus gives them. Chapters 14 through 17 in John's Gospel, it's this wonderful sermon and this awesome prayer that Jesus prays. And contained there are some of Jesus' most famous statements. Some of his most well-known sayings that, that many of you probably keep running back to time and time again yourselves. Jesus says here, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And of course, there's, there's our verses here, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now this sermon that Jesus preaches, it's, it's so full and rich and, and deep theological meanings and comfort for his disciples. And that's exactly what they needed to hear on that Maundy Thursday. Now this sermon, it's aimed at keeping the disciples connected, isn't it? I mean, they're going to see some things. They're going to witness some stuff that, that might make them think maybe we need to put a, a little bit of distance between us and him. 
right? Shouldn't we just sever ties? We might face the same fate that he's going to face. Or they might start thinking, well, is he really the one? Is Jesus the guy? Broken, beaten down, bloody. He he doesn't look like this glorious, mighty one that, that the prophets talked about. Don't you think the disciples ever thought like that? I'm almost certain that they did here in this instance. I mean, why else does Jesus say what he says? I am the vine, you are the branches. Now rephrased, that saying might sound something like this. You receive your life from me, and your life is maintained and sustained in me. And that's a point that Jesus really emphasizes here. Seven times in these verses, he says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. He's telling us something here, right? Keep connected to me, and and I will keep connected to you. So then, my fellow branches growing from the vine, what are you doing to keep connected? I think we all know the answer, right? Going to church, going to Bible study, private devotions, prayer, it's simple enough, right? I got another question here. Have you ever tried to grow from a different vine? I would bet that a lot of us here probably wouldn't even realize that it's happening if it wasn't pointed out to us. So here it goes. Yeah, we do. You and I find a whole lot of different vines that aren't called Jesus, and we try to grow from those vines. My career, my work, advancing that and getting ahead, that seems like the most important thing, the most necessary thing for me right now. Work has become the vine. I've got bills to pay. They're just stacking up. We we have to take care of this. Money has become the vine. The kids have games every night this week. There's a bunch of schoolwork and band practice and plays and musicals. We can't just ignore that. Family has become the vine. You remember what Luther said here? He's talking first commandment. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Well, these other vines that you and I subtly let creep in that we start to grow from... I think they say a lot. I don't always do what Luther said. More importantly, I don't always do what God says. And we'd be well served to get rid of all these other false vines right now. No, that doesn't mean abandon your family. That doesn't mean quit your job. But trying to grow from these false vines trying to to let them take Jesus' place, the true vine, trying to find our life in those vines, that ought to stop. If it doesn't, we better watch out. You heard Jesus' warning there, didn't you? If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you lose connection with Jesus, with the true vine, well, you're going to wind up just like that dried-up rose from the children's sermon, which is going to get thrown away here in just a little bit. Internal separation from Jesus. 
severing ties, cutting off ties with that vine, that's only going to result in one thing. The worst kind of separation. External separation from God forever in hell. There's a lot of false vines out there. Don't fall for them. You really don't need to. You've already got the perfect vine and you are connected. Jesus says there, I am the true vine. Unlike all of these other false vines out here, Jesus gives real sap which nourishes our souls, which, which feeds us. And you see what he says there. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Clean through those words. Words that tell you about our Savior's perfect life. Tempted like we are in every way, yet without sin. Words that tell you about forgiveness. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Words that tell you about your acquittal in the heavenly courtroom. He was raised to life for our justification. These words that Jesus speaks, they give us cleansing. These words give us life here on earth and forever in heaven. So stay connected. Don't let that, dis- that connection become diseased. Don't let that connection get cut off. Stay in the word. Be a student. Diligently study the things that Jesus has handed down to us. And pray. Pray that he increases your faith. Pray that he gives you strength to resist the evil one. Keep connected. Now keeping connected to the vine, that's going to be the difference between lush green branches and a bunch of brush for the burn pile. And losing that connection, well, it's going to have the most devastating eternal consequences. But even for life right now, keeping connected to the vine, it's necessary for production. Take a look again at verses 4 and 5. A summary of those verses might be, any branch that isn't connected to the vine won't produce fruit. Likewise, any branch that isn't connected to Jesus won't produce fruit. And I think Jesus is pretty clear on that point, right? Apart from me, you can do nothing. He doesn't say some things. He doesn't say a few things. He doesn't say possibly you'll do things. No, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And the writer to the Hebrews, he says the same thing in words that are just as clear. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Apart from Jesus, you can't honor God. Apart from Jesus, you can't serve God. You can't do anything that makes God happy. So you see then how necessary this connection to Jesus is. We've also seen today that we are connected. We have faith, and the result of that is going to be this. You will produce fruit. And you can see it. Or maybe you can't. Let's start with that first thought there. I'm producing the biggest, sweetest crops. My yield is is so abundant, it's overflowing. I'm raising the model family. Everybody at work looks up to me. My volunteer hours far exceed them all. You can see my fruit. Maybe that's not you. 
Maybe you think your fruits are small and insignificant. I don't have their resume. I'm not sure anything that I do is is really even all that worthwhile, especially when I look at everybody else and, and I see these great, big, magnificent crops that they're producing. Crop comparing, that's all this is. And really, that's just a bunch of sinful, foolish nonsense. Crop comparing, it really doesn't take us to any good or productive or helpful places. All it does is forces me to look inside too much. You know, what have I done? And how does everything that I do compare to what they've done? And ultimately, this is going to give me a skewed view of my standing with God. It's either going to lead me to become puffed up. Yeah, I really have gone above and beyond. Look at the great things that I've done that I've accomplished. Or it's going to take us to the opposite side of the road and it's going to lead us to despair. I really haven't done anything and God doesn't accept me. Crop comparing, it it only takes us to sinful places. And it really misses Jesus' point, doesn't it? He says, Neither can you bear fruit if you do not remain in me. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Jesus is the key there, not us. And remember, if if we're not connected, if, if we don't have that faith, whether great or small, all of those fruits, if you could really even call them that, would just be sin. Without faith, we can't please God. I'm going to repeat myself here and say, you have faith. You have that connection. You've been cleansed and you are producing, and those fruits that you produce are truly God-pleasing. Are your fruits the size of a watermelon? Great. Are your fruits the size of a grape? Great. You are living and acting and doing because you love your Savior. Because you want to use your gifts to serve him in whatever situation he has put you. It doesn't matter if it's all these volunteer hours that that go above and beyond your family and your work. It doesn't matter if it's simply doing your duty as a mother or as a worker on the assembly line. Fruit is fruit. And that's exactly what God sees. Those actions that you do, he loves them. They're acceptable to him. Your fruit, your production, your crop, that's to his glory. As we think about glorifying God through our fruit production, I want to go back real quickly to verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine. That's simple enough, right? We've talked about that quite a bit today. We get our life from Jesus, and we maintain our life in Jesus. Look at the end of the verse there, though. Jesus says, my father is the gardener. Now, just like the gardener at the vineyard prunes the branches, he cuts off all the diseased ones and all the ones that are looking sickly and unhealthy, and he does that so that the rest of the branches might grow back thicker and taller and be really productive. Well, so too does God prune us. And he does that by drawing us closer to him. 
He sends us those crosses, those difficult things in our life, those struggles and all that pain. But you know, he does something kind of cool through those. He sends us running to his word, to his sacraments. He sends us to him in prayer. And when we're there with God, he strengthens us. He comforts us. He encourages us. He shows us that it's by his power that we can get through. He gives us what we need to continue to battle on. Now that's a great verse, isn't it? Jesus produces fruit in us. God prunes us so that we might be as productive as possible. So that we might bear much fruit and glorify him. That's great. Let's go back to the vineyard for a moment. Imagine you're there walking around and you see all of those vines there, but you don't see any branches connected. You do see a bunch of dead, dried up, withering branches laying on the ground there. And, and as you look across the way, you can see the workers there at that vineyard. And they're going around gathering and bundling together all those dead, dry branches. And you know they're heading off for the fire that you can smell burning off in the distance. That's the reality for unbelievers, for people who aren't connected. But there is a remedy, there is a rescue. Connection. You've got that connection. You know that the vine has called you to share that connection. So here's an opportunity for production. Go tell those dried up branches about your connection. Show them how this connection supports you. Show them how this vine nourishes you. Let them see why staying connected to the vine is so important for their life. And don't let that message be lost on yourself. Keep connected to the vine and he will stay connected to you. Keep connected to the vine and you will bear much fruit that glorifies our Father. Jesus is the vine, you are the branches. Remain in him and he will remain in you and you will bear much fruit. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.